Well, hello, my friends, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope you guys are having an absolutely blessed day, as always, and continually getting the truth out there as we talk about on this show every single day. And thank you for allowing us to keep the Ted Austin Brower Show commercial-free for a straight hour. No ads, no commercials, no breaks. Just a straight hour of truth. We can only do that because of you. So thank you for your continued support. Be sure to check out the website at healthmasters.com if you need anything at all. And feel free to give us a call, 9 to 5, Monday through Friday, 1-800-726-1834. If you need to have any questions answered about whether it be food, nutrition, supplements, we're here to help you out. And, yes, we actually answer the phone still. You're not going to have to go through 50 different prompts and be put on hold for a uh, considerable amount of time to be transferred to somebody in another country, you're getting us right here in Central Florida. So thank you for that support. And I saw an article this morning. I couldn't help but just laugh from the ironic standpoint of it. It appears now that numerous, numerous officials in the Ukrainian government have now resigned just out of nowhere after multiple high-ranking officials had been caught in massive, large-scale corruption allegations, what's being called the biggest mass resignation and graft scandal since Russia invasion began. <laughs> Some dozen officials have quit their post after a huge political shakeup over allegations and probes into cases ranging from bribery <laughs> to mismanagement of funds to embezzlement to buying extremely expensive exotic cars with funds while other people are continually suffering in that country in some parts. And the top presidential advisor, along with four deputy ministers, along with five regional governors, <laughs> have all been forced out of their post among the regional governors to step down, including officials overseeing the region where all the fighting allegedly is happening and all the weapons and funding is allegedly going Ironically enough, it goes all the way from allegations of buying extremely large compounds and houses outside of the country to going in and buying extremely expensive exotic cars, all the way from padding invoices and paying extremely exorbitant prices over what the normal amount is for contracts, including food, MREs, enormous amount of money spent way above market value in Pretty much the allegations are stating that they did this to get kickbacks, along with going out and buying things like Lamborghini Urises and Porsches so they can drive them around and all over the country. But, of course, those are, those are humanitarian cars, right? We're, we're buying these so we can support the Ukrainian people over there. And obviously I'm being sarcastic about this entire thing, except it is the truth of what's happening. And I just started laughing because it's exactly what I said from the very beginning – this entire scam that we've seen over there has been nothing short of a giant money laundering scheme to weapons trafficking, to human trafficking under the guise of supporting Ukraine, which is not even a NATO country. And some of the photos and some of the information that's been leaked out, including some of the mansions that have been rented and paid for by the U.S. taxpayers, essentially, all the way to some of them, the tune of being up to $25,000 a month rent for some of these officials to have multiple homes. <laughs> I couldn't help but laugh when I read this. And so lest you believe that we're actually going over there and helping a lot of people, 
understand that, again, this is one of the most corrupt conflicts we've probably ever witnessed in modern history, and this entire thing has been theater. Now, the next question comes up, is this information with these individuals being leaked to try to come out and say, listen, we've found a little bit of corruption. We've now made all these guys resign. Everything is good now. Everything's back on track. We're continually being transparent and honest about everything that's happening over here. I don't know. To me, it seems very interesting that we already knew this was happening, and now they've had these officials that have pretty much been let go, but yet it made the mainstream news. And so the thing that I have always learned over the years, if it's repeated on multiple websites, on multiple mainstream sites, it's not necessarily news. It's usually just propaganda. So is this just being a scapegoat theater show? to try to say, well, we've cut down on the corruption, we found the bad apples, and now everything's copacetic and kosher in Ukraine, and all the money we're sending there is now legit again. To me, that seems like a lot of what's happening. But again, I just had to cover this because I just thought it was funny from an ironic standpoint, considering the fact we, the taxpayers, are footing the bill while these officials over there are buying mega mansions and luxury cars with our funds. <laughs> you can't help but laugh sometimes, Dad. What do you think? You know, we called it out when Russia invaded Ukraine, and they didn't really invade Ukraine. They kind of sort of invaded Ukraine and kind of sort of did a war and kind of sort of did everything else. It's not really, a, how should you say, a full-blown war. They're trying to make us believe it's going to be turned into it. In fact, now they're planning on giving them U.S. tanks, et cetera, et cetera, and Russia's you know, rattling the sabers again. And I'm going to let you guys know there's not going to be a nuclear war. I've told you that repeatedly. This whole thing with Ukraine is more obfuscation, and it's turned into a giant money laundering scheme. You know, beware of the military-industrial complex. Beware of the CIA, the Mossad, the MI6. Beware of the Epstein blackmailed controlled politicians and weirdos and we see this now i mean we got Zelensky over there dancing around in high heels and leather tights who was a comedian was groomed for this entire position and this is this has turned into a giant money laundering scheme to basically continue to feed the people who are running the new world order if you want to call it that the old world order of wannabes to how they're basically going to stand up and basically continue to promote their regulations and their world economic forum nonsense and to continue to destroy our educational system I saw an interesting meme this morning. There's a father standing there, and he's got his jacket on, and he's got his son here, and he's graduating from college. And he says, what did you learn in college? And then the uh, son looks at him and says, I learned that you are violating my safe space with your heterosexual normative, that your patriarchal abuses and your white privilege and microaggressions are greatly offensive to me because you're a misogynistic pig. All right. And that's the sad part that we're seeing in the educational systems. Now we're starting to see that all of these people that are coming through the educational system when they do not have a legitimate degree. Now what I mean by legitimate degree is this, is a, is a degree that people can use in order to obtain a job, like a nursing degree or you know, or a medical degree or an attorney or an engineer or something that, that's actually going to be practical for them to use and get a job and actually be able to earn and pay back the money that they borrowed in their college funds. And then you got to stop and you got to sit and you got to ask yourself a really, really simple question. All of this money that they're borrowing, all of this money that they're putting into the, the system as far as the amount of you know, debt that they're incurring, what are they going to do with that? How in the world are they going to fix that? How are they going to get rid of it? How do you take a person who's making fifteen, twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000 a year with a useless degree and turn back around and have them pay off $150,000, dollars $300,000 worth of student loans? 
I'm, I'm serious. I'm asking that question. How, how is that even possible when you know the student loans cannot be bankrupted? Who in their right mind takes on 150000 or 200000 or 300000 debt at 22 or 24 years of age for the glory of receiving an embossed certificate that says you graduated from such and such Marxist indoctrination center and acquired what? The ability to be a well-indoctrinated robot devoid of invention and critical thought? with the end result being destroyed by the debt and having a degree that is useless in finding a job. And that's what we see now. We see all of this stuff happening to us in the United States, and we're starting to understand that these universities have been a major problem for us in the United States when they were infiltrated by the quote-unquote Marxists with the Frankfurt School back in 1933. I know Mancow and I were talking the other day, and he goes, well, you know, this whole thing with the, you know, the Frankfurt School, people don't really understand that. And I said, well, no, most listeners don't understand that, but our listeners do because they're very, very well educated. So we've covered it so many times because we want people to know the cause of this and the effect of what it has done. Because if we don't understand the cause and effect, how are we going to prevent it from happening again? These universities are basically brainwashing machines. That's all they are. You know, the mortar board and the black gown signify that unwittingly graduates have received a Basically, a satanic indoctrination, in my opinion. Remember what these mortar boards were originally for? They were for the Masonic lodges that were basically building the cathedrals in Europe. And they would put, they couldn't carry the mud up the doggone scaffolding by themselves. They would put mud or, you know, mortar mix on top of these boards on top of their heads, and they would climb the scaffolding in order to do that. People don't realize where that has come from. You know, as with politics and medicine, education has been unmasked now, and basically we've realized that humanity has been slaved by the satanic cult that is running. The, global systems, including the educational systems. This colonization of the mind is now explicit, and we can see all this on the difference, what they're doing to us on the limitations of free speech and an inquiry. There's a a couple of little quotes I want to read from you real quick. It says, in order to effect the destruction of all collective forces except ours, we shall emasculate, which means to castrate the first stage of collectivism, the universities, by re-educating them in a new direction. Wow. The modern university is not devoted to truth, quite the opposite. You know, feminism and homosexual activists are rampant on campus, but they're only the symptoms of a much more profound problem. Modern Western culture is based on the fraudulent assumptions of the, quote, the Enlightenment, dedicated to creating a new secular world by denying the existence of God and destroying Christianity and getting rid of all spiritual laws like the Bible and the Ten Commandments. In practice, this means that art students would become true atheists if they were gods and pious professors or highly paid priests in the secular cult. You know, it's like a deaf man tuning a piano. They try to explain the human condition without any reference to the creator or to Jesus Christ or to man's divine spirit that was created by God Almighty in God's image. They portray man as an animal in a mechanistic universe engaged in merciless struggle for survival, alienated from nature and its fellow man. They promote freedom, which they believe can only be obtained if you reject God's order, that you indulge in animal appetites and perversions and create a dysfunctional personal reality. This is the group of people that are running the educational systems. This is a group of people that have come in to destroy the United States of America and to destroy the actual fabric of our society by bringing in Gloria Steinem and bringing in Playboy magazine and bringing in the pornography and bringing in all of this drugs and all the other things they did in Laurel Canyon back in the 60s and the 70s. And they've now come in and they've completely and totally decided that they're going to now disregard all of the rules and the regulations of the word of God, all of the rules and regulations of our constitution being a republic, and destroy us internally through cultural Marxism. And that's where we found ourselves to be right now. Now, last year, Austin and I went to Washington, D.C., and we went to a conference in Washington, D.C., and there were several speakers that were speaking there, and there were several of them that were pretty good. But one that really stood out to me was Cynthia Dunbar. 
And Cynthia basically uh, did a really good program, a 15, 20-minute speech on the decline of the educational system in America. And we're going to bring her on the show today. She's standing by right now, but I want to introduce her to you real quick. You know, she's basically a former elected member of the Texas State Board of Education. He's a former Liberty Law professor and advisor to the provost, former National Committee woman on the RNC, former vice president of curriculum and instruction for the Global Educational Ventures. This is an amazing woman. She's got an incredible speaking style. I really enjoyed listening to her speak. And Cynthia, I want to invite you onto the show right now. And thank you so much for being on. And how would you like to start the show with us this morning? Cynthia, what do you want to talk about? Well, actually, Ted, if you'll indulge me, I'd like 30 seconds to just say a quick prayer. Go right ahead. Absolutely. So, Lord, we just thank you that you don't point us to truth, but you are truth. We thank you, Father, that you can do it then suddenly and turn this nation around. We know that you care about these children even more than we do. And so we ask, Lord, that you would give revelation during this show to show us how we can fight effectively to protect and preserve the greatest asset of our nation, which is the hearts and minds of our children. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Go, go ahead. What, how would you like to start the show besides the prayer right now? So, you know, this is the thing. Um, I've battled a lot of different areas in terms of public policy from you know, abortion, what's going on with, you know, the whole respect for marriage debacle. But the biggest war is with our children, because if you realize that our tax dollars are effectively indoctrinating in excess of 90% of the next generation's minds, there's no wonder that we have uh, socialism being rampantly accepted within society. And it is because of what they're being taught. I mean, Abraham Lincoln is credited for saying that the philosophy in the classroom in one generation will become the philosophy of the government in the next. And undoubtedly, we're seeing that. So the unfortunate thing, though, is it seems that a lot of times Christian conservatives are not driving the proverbial school bus. Um, Having sat on the Texas State Board and dealing with the battles of what was going into our textbooks, and watching what's been happening um, from, you know, Common Core and all the different things, which people, a lot of people say, well, you know, it's not there, it's not still embedded, but it is. I mean, they took over the College Board, they took over ACT and SAT, so that even those who wouldn't be required to uh, have those standards within school ultimately have to learn them and be impacted by them because, in order to take the test to get them into college that's embedded within it. So, I mean, it's systemic within our society. And we have, you know, SEL, social emotional learning. We have SOGI, which is um, everything that we're dealing with, which what I call the perversion and, and abuse of our children. And I know that one of the things that you are concerned about as well is like the whole CRT issue, um, which is a critical race theory, and how these things get pushed within the schools. And a lot of times parents aren't even aware of what their children are being taught. So, um, you know, I'll be happy to, to touch on any of those topics. One of the things that I think is interesting is that the whole CRT issue, you know, they start out with this systemic racism, and then they teach through the filter of um, how racism built our nation. And uh, it's, it's interesting, the documentation that they use. Uh, we've actually developed content for textbooks that push back against this, and it exposes what's going on with CRT. 
Um, and so if I'll stop to see if you have a question, but otherwise I'd like to dive into some more of the specifics on that. Uh, yeah, I want you to. I want you to talk about critical race theory. I want you to talk about cultural Marxism. I want you to talk about the infiltration of the homosexual agenda into the school system, uh, what we as parents can do about it, what we as parents who are paying for college education can do about it, what type of colleges should we choose for our children to go to, what type of programs should they be involved in as far as their educational background or their educational future, as far as what majors they should have, and how they can avoid being indoctrinated by the communist leftist socialists that are in our school system. So I'm going to go ahead and just let you go ahead and talk a little bit. But, but no, I'm just I'm going to give you 10 minutes. I'm not going to interrupt you. Go right ahead. With that, I could be on here for several days. So I'll just try to touch on some high points. But, you know, with CRT, it's really interesting. Um, You know, the um, the 1619 project based on a a letter. And and there's a lot of stuff. I mean, they look at things like a letter from John Rolfe, which he's most famously known for being the, the husband of Pocahontas. But the reality is if you look at that and you and they try to show that it was America was built upon slavery instead of looking at American exceptionalism, which, you know, all the state standards I'm aware of, there has to be some type of um, content that the students are learning as to American history, American exceptionalism and our constitutional republic. I know that for a fact because when I was sitting on the Texas State Board, um, I actually put within the, what's called the TEKS, the Texas Essential Knowledge and Skills, that um, that every student had to know that we were a constitutional republic, the difference between that and a democracy, um, the Declaration of Independence, and uh, self-evident truths, unalienable rights, the laws of nature, nature's God. Um, I actually got death threats because of that, and so this is how much it's a zero-sum game for the heart and soul of our our children's minds. And the reason I'm talking about Texas is because historically, whatever Texas would adopt, um, all of the states actually implemented because the textbook publishers were writing for the Texas standards because they... They actually, I mean, from a financial point standpoint, California needed more textbooks than Texas, but Texas was the 800-pound gorilla because of the collective bargaining power in the sense that they managed a permanent school fund that was, at the time, I think $27 billion and, and now maybe upwards towards $40 billion. So um, that, that's proof of economics. Being a solvent state is much better than the... Uh, the socialistic ideologies within California that are bankrupting them. But so that became a national standard uh, implementation. Now, the fact that they're not implementing it is because there are watchdogs on every level in the left that are trying to make sure that they're controlling the content that's going forward. Um, But going back to CRT, what's really interesting is if you actually know our history, which is what we've been advocating for people to get good content, to select good textbooks to know, none of the 13 colonies at the time allowed for slaves um, at the time that that ship came into Point Comfort in 1619. And, and really what's interesting is if you start looking at when slavery first entered, um, there was an indentured servant from Angola known um, Anthony Johnson who worked off his indentured servitude. He became a landowner, and the Virginia colony actually gave him 250 acres um, for him in exchange for him bringing five more indentured servants from Africa. And then in 1655, he actually petitioned the court 
to not release one of his indentured servants, but to actually keep him as a lifelong slave. So the first slave owner in American colonies was actually a black African from Angola who had formerly been an indentured servant. Um, The laws did not change until later. Virginia actually adopted first statute pertaining to slavery in 1660. So this kind of stuff isn't taught. They don't want to have... Uh, an open discourse. And what I think is with history, you teach the good, the bad, whatever it is, you just teach it factually and objectively. Um, But that's not what they're trying to give to our children. That's not what they want. It is directly indoctrination. um, And it is why so many of our children now embrace socialism, because as you mentioned before about this Marxist socialistic agenda, which the CRT actually was birthed out of um, a Marxist uh, program that had actually started going after the laws to try to address what they called was systemic racism. So these these issues actually have been um, around for a very long time much longer than most people have become aware. I mean, if you talk to most people, they'll start talking about John Dewey. It actually goes back even further, Horace Mann. And so this has been a very slow drip on the left. They've been patiently switching uh, the mindsets of Americans away from Christian worldview. And they move it into an alternative religion. I mean, that's really what we're talking about. In all of these battles, it's competing faith. And people can say, well, no, we're, we're simply talking about neutrality. But when you actually teach, you have to teach through some kind of worldview filter. And we move from, through, away from the Christian filter in America into the secular humanistic filter. And what's an interesting point is that when the court was first addressing this in a case, a landmark Supreme Court case of Abingdon v. Shemp, um, they actually said that, you know, secularism, the religion of secularism could not be substituted and placed within the schools. But now, fast forward, whenever you're dealing with any kind of assessment in terms of neutrality, they they use secularism. So what you're really doing is you're replacing one level of worldview um, faith for another. And also, I think what's important to note is that it, this is not about proselytization. This is not about asking people to believe a certain way. It's about the filter through which they think. That's why I'm talking about worldviews, because, you know, if you're, I love it how C.S. Lewis said, I believe in the sun, not only because I see the sun, but by the sun, I see everything else. I mean, that's a beautiful way to talk about worldview. And Alexis de Tocqueville very clearly said that, you know, he found America to be of one mind, and that was very keenly attached to Christian mindset universally. Um what what's interesting also to note is that does not mean everybody is saved. So we're not talking about redemption. And this is something that people have forgotten when they start making these arguments. They're like, well, you're trying to do dominionism and bring Christianity into every sector. And really, they don't even understand the Christian framework in terms of law because um, there's the whole creator-redeemer distinction, and I don't have a lot of time to go into that. I teach jurisprudence and legal philosophy, but 
creator redeemer distinction is simply that, you know, every man is in relationship with God as their creator, but not every man is in relationship with God as their redeemer. And that's why governments are called to to protect First Amendment rights of worshiping God according to the dictates of conscience. But that does not impose or force it because it's civil government is supposed to be um, a realm that's very, very small, the terror of the sword for those who do evil, according to Romans. Um, but the, I'm getting down a path. It, it's not exactly where we're going. But this is proof of why education is so important, because our legal profession has certainly lost the mindset of how we obtain First Amendment rights and liberties. Um, that is a good jumping off point to one of the more recent cases. There was a federal district court recently that ruled against a, a group of LGBTQ students um, challenging a law that exempts religious universities from federal anti-discrimination rules. And this is really important to note because they always say, well, we're not going after religious liberties when they try to expand civil rights into uh, covering uh, gender orientation or those types of things um, instead of just biological sex and biological race. They always use that as a means to ultimately push the door further and further against our religious liberties. This particular case so far had a good um, holding. The Oregon District Court judge uh, dismissed the class action lawsuit and that include colleges like Baylor and, and Liberty and others, um, and basically conceded that according to the current law under Title IX, that yes, in fact, there was discrimination taking place on the basis of um, sexual orientation. However, their First Amendment liberties trumped that. And so now what you see is this whole battle within schools between you've got a First Amendment right of religious liberties versus your 14th Amendment rights that have now been expanded beyond where they should be by these creations of laws that are nonsensical. And so, um, you know, parents, this is a very, there's a very involved agenda that is being propagated, moved forward um, rapidly, exponentially faster and faster because they've laid the groundwork over the course of not only decades, but now over a century. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but why are they doing this? What is the purpose of pushing this agenda with this uh, with this homosexual agenda? You know, I know we, we all know there's a problem with it, but what's the overall purpose of why they're doing it and what's what's the end game here? Well, everything is um, perversion. I mean, literally, to, to make this very succinct, that's the whole agenda that the enemy had in the very beginning when he said, hath God really said? And and as I prayed at the very beginning, I mean, truth is is not doesn't just point to um, a savior. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. So, I mean, we're really dealing with a spiritual battle. This is really an epic battle that's in right. the very beginning. You know, it's what I call the seed battles in Genesis. Um, you know, I'll put enmity between you and the seed of the woman. Well, obviously, that's a prophetic declaration of Christ. But basically, if you look at every major battle, Ted, whether it's abortion, what is it? Destroy the seed. Um, homosexual marriage, prevent creation of the seed. Or when you're talking about educational policy, it is pervert and steal the seed. So there is, whether everybody involved in these battles are aware of whether or not they're being a tool used by the enemy, they actually are. And and this is 
really, yes. Do I would I want every single child to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ? Absolutely. But this is not what's going on here. It's just about teaching children to critically think. It's giving them the facts and enabling them and trusting them to have the the cognitive ability to be able to parse that and come up with their own understanding instead of being spoon fed. They're not being educated. They're being trained and they're being indoctrinated. And it is purposeful because you cannot have a very educated, learned and and free thinking society and bring in governmental control. You just simply can't. History shows that. You have to have dependency upon government. You have to have groupthink, homogenization of beliefs. So these are attacks against free speech. Um, you know, it, it's just, it's really, um, I would say, if there is a systemic problem, the systemic problem is the fact that there is zero tolerance um, for any other beliefs other than those that are sitting in their ivory towers demanding that everyone accept and believe what what they believe in their faith. In their well, faith. What, what, what can the students do in the university systems or in the colleges, Cynthia, as far as going against these professors without getting their grades slapped and without basically being ostracized on campus, without being ridiculed, being you know put down publicly? I mean, how do the students come in here and do this? I mean, how do you do it from a grassroots movement when you go into a secular university system, or should we always keep all of our children – you know, in a Christian university. Well, no, I mean, both, and, and this is interesting because both of my children went to Ivy Leagues um, while I was teaching at, at Liberty, and a lot of people found that very interesting. Um, but I, I really, what I saw, even from what I dealt with, because my law degree is from Region, and I actually think I got the best law degree of anyone because I still get double education, not only what every law student has, but um, I was a graduate assistant to the dean who was, if anyone knows Herbert Titus, he had studied directly under Francis Schaeffer in Labrie. So I actually learned what the law is, which is what is taught at Regent and, and Liberty. Um, but, you know, I really saw that to have the best fighting chance to be able to come back against this, having the higher level um, academic degrees would equip them to be able to articulate and answer a lot of these issues. So, But what I did is I taught them very clearly throughout the entirety of their life. What I talked about earlier is worldview, how to think. Don't start an argument by conceding. Usually the other side will start an argument three assumptions in. And if you concede those assumptions, then you lose that. So you have to learn logic. You have to learn, you know, how to address these issues to stand on your own two feet. Um, I do think that, you know, students should never feel as though they are being uh, pressured to accept an indoctrination. They should know their own rights and their own liberties, um, especially their First Amendment rights, because they do not lose. I mean, Tinker v. Des Moines is a very old case, but it says very clearly that the student doesn't lose their rights at the campus gate. And so that's true, whether it's K through 12 or higher ed. Um, and there are a lot of good legal organizations out there, especially when you're dealing with First Amendment issues from the ACLJ to Liberty Council. Um, but, but, how do we, how do we, but, but Cynthia, how do we get the children, the students, the college students to stand up and not be afraid of being ostracized? How do we embolden them for I, the sake I of the cross? Yeah, I think it ultimately goes back to what we're talking about now is educating. I mean, 
Would my children know how to stand up? Yes, absolutely. And why is that? Because they had been educated. And I, you know, if every child is taught that, one of the booklets that we have available called My Liberties was written for schools. We, we will even, if, you know, people contact us and donate a um, certain amount, we can send them book sets or classroom sets, or they, they can, so they can give it through their school. Mo- a lot of states are now requiring civics instruction, but most of these are unfunded mandates. Um, what that, you know, simply meaning that the states now require certain teaching, but they have not allocated or appropriated dollars towards it. So it makes it good when you bring in resources and say, here's an ancillary you can teach in, you know, within a week that meets all of these requirements and we're donating it to your school or whatever. So, and, and what that does is it goes through and it teaches them my liberties. It teaches them that they are their liberties that they individually possess. They're unalienable rights that are given to them that are not to be trampled on by um, civil government. And I think that that when students are equipped, when they know their rights, they're much more likely to be motivated to stand up instead of feeling oppressed. Um, and, and so, I mean, there are resources like that. I do think that, you know, when you, well, just put it this way, you don't go into a fight that you're not equipped to handle. And so I think if we equip and train up our children so that they understand their rights and their liberties and that what's happening to them in these schools is actually unconstitutional, not only are they going to stand up for it, but then at that point, if it gets too difficult, that's when they bring in the big guns that hopefully would come alongside and gladly have new precedent um, to be able to protect them. <laughs> Who are the big guns? Well, that's what I was referencing. The, like, you know, the ACLJ, Liberty Council, Liberty First, the different organizations that will pretty much only do First Amendment issues. But um, students' free speech, freedom assembly, all of that dealing with, um, you know, curriculum and that are types of things that can be really good cases um, for them to go back and make sure that good precedent is established. And so, I mean, I think they stand up for themselves first, but then if everything gets too difficult in the midst of that, and then, then that's what I'm talking about, the big guns. But I also know that there is power in numbers. So if these students that are equipped um, take these resources and then help train other students to where they're not the, the lone uh, person on campus. And I'm talking about this in higher ed, but you know what, Ted, this is the same thing in K through 12 too, um, that the students really need to be trained. And I find that more students are capable of understanding these concepts at a much younger age than what the other side wants to give them credit for, which is why they are arguably keep certain things out of their hands of saying, you know, when I was on the state board, we were having a debate about macro micro evolution. And I was talking about allowing the students to be able to have all sides of the different theories and um, and they were terrified by that and pushed back and said they're not equipped to be able to handle that information at that point and yet they were felt totally equipped to be indoctrinating them on wow. um, macroevolution and Darwinism and and luckily um, we had enough votes that we were able to get that through but that's 
I mean, that's why I'm saying equip the students as early as you can for them to even understand their rights and their liberties and what's at stake. Wow. Um, Sissy, I want to thank you for being on with us today. I mean, what an incredible woman this is. She's absolutely brilliant. Uh, she's an incredible speaker, incredible attorney. Her website is DunbarForAmerica.com. That's Dunbar, D-U-N-B-A-R, for America.com. And uh, we're posting her website on the Health Masters news feed today. And you guys get this show out to everybody you possibly can because she's going to provide you a really good set of resources to teach your children the right way and the correct way to basically help them get through school, get through the educational systems, and stand firm for Jesus Christ. Cynthia, thanks so much for having being on with us today. I really, really appreciate you. And uh, Austin, what's your next story, bud? Oh, that was awesome. I'm, thank you again, Cynthia, for being on the show. This is extremely good information that we've been trying to get out to everybody for years. and She clarified it very, very clearly is that it's all coming down to how we continually raise and educate the children. I mean, this is what we've been saying, and she's 100% right. So I'm glad she's got the literature and a lot of the information that she's getting out to the schools because it comes down to the parents. I mean, that's a huge factor. And this is what I've talked about for years on this show is you have to continue to keep raising little Americans. You have to teach them about truth. You have to teach them about history. You have to teach them, like she said, whether it's good, bad, ugly, they have to know exactly how things happen. Because this entire skewed view and coming in and saying, well, this is wrong and this is bad because we said it and you're bad because your skin colors this, it's a complete and total atrocious nightmare that if continues to go on, it's going to absolutely ruin the United States' younger generation. I saw an article earlier that Kimberly Crenshaw, who is the architect of critical race theory, you know, because she is so oppressed – uh, she charges $100,000 for each speech and garners more than $400,000 a year from prestigious academic positions, the Daily Mail reported, and charged up to $50,000 for virtual talks. And pretty much her entire post on everything is that the Marxist theories of oppression to the issues of race and identity and continues to push it and push it and push it and makes a lot of money pushing it. And this, again, is – what we're dealing with with a lot of these groups and a lot of these, how should you say, unseen hands with some of these groups that are running the show behind the scenes where nobody wants to actually talk about why they're doing it, what's actually happening, why they're actually continually pushing this. And it's to reduce the aspect of being able to have a national heritage. You can't be proud to be American. You can't be proud to be anything in the United States. Everybody needs to be mad at everybody else. And it's a constant distraction. You keep everybody bread and circus for the masses, distracted, angry, happy, sad, dopamine triggers everywhere they look so they don't actually realize what's being done to them. I mean, look at the same time now. We see that cricket powder, yes, defatted house crickets are now being approved in Europe in food. This comes thanks to the European Commission ruling earlier this month as per the decision which cited the scientific opinion of the European Food Safety Authority. The additive is safe to use in a whole range of products, including but not limited to cereal bars, biscuits, pizza, pasta-based products, and whey powder. Don't worry. The crickets first have to be checked to make sure they have no bowel content and they don't have any diseases. Allegedly, they're checking for that before they process them and use them as a now widely used food additive that's about to hit the market. 
This is one of the reasons why the whey protein that we carry here at Health Masters is from grass-fed New Zealand cows because they have some of the strictest bovine laws in the entire world. And this is very important, my friends, because what they're rolling out now is just the beginning phase. Remember how they said for the last couple of years they've continually brought up the concept of, oh, yeah, bugs are good, you know, grub worms are great to eat, and they've kind of joked around about it. They're doing it now. Cricket powder, processed cricket powder, and a whole host of different foods across Europe. Now, is there any redeeming value or point or positive aspect of putting cricket powder in food? Not that I've ever seen in my entire life. Why are they doing this? Well, this is the first phase to get people desensitized to it, kind of like what they've done with this massive Israel-based compound that's being built in North Carolina to be the largest fake meat-producing manufacturing site in the entire world. They do not want people to actually eat clean, pure, whole foods like our bodies were designed. They don't want people having pure, high-quality supplements and nutrients. This is, again, why during COVID, they told everybody, there's nothing you can do. You can't talk about vitamin C or D3. We can't even bring it up. If you do, we're deplatforming you. Your fake news, misinformation, nothing about that can be brought up whatsoever. However, there were numerous doctors that still went against the grain and podcasts like ours that continued to preach the truth. And we saw repeated positive health outcomes with vitamin C, D3, and zinc. It's so important, like she said earlier, that you continue to educate your children, your friends, your family, and continue to speak the truth as much as you possibly can. What do you think, Dad? Uh, again, I want to thank, thank Cynthia for coming on with us. I mean, she was the only person from the seminar that we took up at D.C. that we had come on to the show. She did a phenomenal job for us today. Thanks again, Cynthia. But uh, we, we need to also realize that, you know, this control of our culture is systemic. I mean, this group of weirdos that have controlled our culture, uh, they're giving us pervasive deception. Uh, Clay Fleckler in 1967, he's the founder of the New York and editor of the Esquire, many other popular magazines. Fleckler was one of the some 600 U.S. journalists that were secretly working for the CIA. They were cheaper than a good call girl, according to a CIA handler, Washington Post publisher, Philip Graham. And I mean, this is crazy. The CIA actively promoted modern abstract art as disconnected from human identity and aspirations. You know, and any art a child or a monkey could produce. We've talked about it on the show. You throw some paint on a wall and say how beautiful that is. And uh, no, it's not. And it's all about coming in and destroying what God has made as far as being perfect. And that's what they want. They always want to do that. We have to realize during the Cold War, the CIA secretly funded and controlled scores of U.S. students, laborers, and religious and political and artistic organizations, according to the book The Mighty Wurlitzer, which was written in 2008 by Hugh Wilford. They were modeled after the Soviet propagandists of Willie Munzenberg's Popular Front, organizations which had recruited earnest Westerners, socialists, and liberals in an array of anti-fascist causes. Their seemingly spontaneous groups were secretly funded and run by Moscow and subtly promoted communism. Munzenberg called them his innocence clubs. But all of this stuff happens you know, underneath our noses. We don't see it, but it's all part of it. These educational systems are being controlled by the same group that we talked about for the last two days, and that's how they've done it. Uh, we know they've infiltrated the mass media and the educational system, but you know how do we know that they're not basically this satanic secret society? We don't know that. In fact, we do know that. And we've covered it the last two days, but the vast majority of the people are not going to talk about it or are not going to think about it as far as who's actually controlling it, controlling all of this stuff. You know, modernism, modernism mirrors a gradual perversion of reality because these weirdo Satanists want that. 
uh, we are told it is progress. Is it really the advance of their satanic agenda? And, you know, and, and Cynthia talked about this, about this wars against the seed and this wars against human beings and this battle against God and different dimensions, et cetera, that we've talked about so many times on the show. The mass media and the educational system, and they are controlling all of this, promote the suspension of reality and truth is suppressed. Lies are promulgated. Negative or self-destructive behavior is portrayed in a positive light. All of this stuff is to destroy what God created or to make good, bad, bad, good, up, down. All of it is what the Bible says is going to happen. And we need to realize that these people basically are the ones that are destroying us. And then we had the second wave of feminism that came in in the 60s. There's another popular front masquerading as a grassroots expression with Gloria Steinem, another CIA weirdo who was hired basically to push this. You know, in 1968, Fecker hired Steinem at New York Magazine. He published the 40-page inaugural issue of the MS Magazine as a supplement in New York. In 1975, Red Stockings, a radical feminist magazine, exposed Steinem's CIA connections. They revealed that MS Magazine was funded by the Warner Communications and Catherine Graham, both CIA conduits. All of this stuff we see now is basically controlling our government, controlling our schools, controlling everything. Guys, we need to realize, you know, this group has been around for a long, long, long time. This goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden, to the ancient Canaanite religions, and we need to understand that. They're going to destroy, have been destroying, you know, human identity. They want to destroy the race, religion, God, Jesus, nation, family, gender, all of this to create one race, one religion, one gender, and one world government. At the same time, our culture is becoming increasingly rootless, depraved, and meaningless. I mean, think through it for a second. What has happened to the United States of America? I had a really good friend of mine. His name is Steve. He and I went to – this is uh, Steve. He's the Miami South. Steve, who works for us. He also went to school with us in Tallahassee, and he, has a, he owns a bank down in, in Miami. And it was interesting with Steve as he told me this morning. He says our country's gone, and it's because the country has been gone from a cultural Marxism standpoint. We stopped raising little Americans, and we started allowing the communist indoctrination centers, the Kabbalists, Luciferians, the weirdos. That run the schools, that run the media, that run the banking sectors to come in and control every aspect of our lives. And if we don't learn that this is not okay, it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. And we, we have to understand that. There's a really good article on the Burning Platform, and it's, and it's basically – it says the, the fourth turning meets mass formation psychosis. And I'm going to read you part of this thing because it's really good, good. Really good. It says decades of social indoctrination and degraded ability to think critically has left most people hopelessly unable to resist the opinions of those under the spell of the coronavirus mass formation. Even though they didn't necessarily believe the coronavirus narrative, which was a very real disease that really killed a lot of people, however, the death rate was not that high if it was treated properly with the proper nutrients. However, it became very clear, you know, when tyrannical governors inserted infected patients into nursing homes and the very obese actually died with COVID, these people who are controlling the media still went along with it, along with a lot of the government leaders. The CDC even admitted that only 6% of deaths were attributed to COVID alone. Based upon the research like the Milgram experiment, we know average people will obey authority without question, even when they know their actions are causing pain. We see this continually, even in the educational system, when these professors promote this nonsense to these students. The conformity research done by the Solomon Ash explains why a huge percentage of the global population just conformed to what appeared to be a majority opinion. Ash's experiment had eight test subjects, but seven of them worked for Ash. They asked him which line was the same length as Exhibit 1. The Ash employees answered C. Only 25% of the case subjects consistently answered A. They were covered in a, giving a patently absurd answer due to peer pressure and a lack of faith in their own judgment. They could see which was the longest line on this chart, but they simply wouldn't do it. When you have 30% of the population, true believers, and their savior Fauci, Prophet Walensky, 
Burke, Gottlieb, Biden, the Pope, the slew of big pharma paid priests for hire, Hollywood elites, low IQ athletes, and highly compensated mass media campaign of fear and loathing, the 40% in the middle really had very little chance not to be pulled into the vortex of the pandemia. From the outset, they were inundated with data like Neil Ferguson's Imperial College model of death, total lie, by the way, putting up a scary chart even though it was based on absurd assumptions it considered fact by the lazy, non-thinking masses. So all of this stuff has happened over and over and over and over again. We have a basically a, a bioweapon that was released into the general population that killed a lot of people, which is the COVID. We know that. We've all, most of us have already had it. It's a very, very bad sickness. But yet they were told – we were told the only treatment for it was basically going into the hospital, being put on remdesivir, which liquefied the organs within a week in many cases. I mean this is crazy that this has actually happened, and we've been sitting through this and watching this. The lockdowns of vaccines pretty much have caused more death than they prevented, suicides, overdose deaths, deaths due to preventative health care not accessed, deaths by ventilators and remdesivir, deaths due to not allowing doctors to prescribe ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine along with the nutrients your body needs to maintain a healthy immune system, and now sudden deaths from Pfizer and Moderna jabs are all verifiable and factual, but no empathy for the Covidian cult is forthcoming for these victims because, again, this Covidian cult was working with the people in power to basically increase the death rate for a mass eugenics experiment and genocide against the population of the planet. And guys, it's just getting started. We're going to find out very, very, very quickly what's going to happen as far as all these massive cancers that we're having and all the things that we're seeing all over the country now and all over the world and all the death rates and all the sudden deaths of athletes and people that have taken these vaccines. So here we are in early 2023. With the mass formation psychosis still thoroughly intact, people still waiting for their masks to be put back on, people still waiting back to go social distancing again, people still marching to the beat of the Kabbalist Luciferian sect that runs the planet, and all these measures are still in place. You know, we have anger building among all three factions. As the 30% dissenters have been proven right without being given credit, those of us who did not take the vaccine, the hypnotized 30% who went who are wrong and who want more restrictions and punishments, and they go along to get the 40% who are slowly realizing they were duped and they're experiencing massive regret because they took the shot. We face a multi-pronged situation which is likely to result in tragedy of untold proportions over the next few years. Wow, this is very, very well written. He goes on to say, having a major segment of your population proud of their willful ignorance and believing their opinions based on emotions and what they are told by mass media is, a valid, is as valid as someone who bases their judgment on critical, well-researched thought and factual data sets the stage for tragic timing for the fourth turning. The superficiality of the citizenry, this is the group of people that have been dumbed down to tricyclic antidepressants, serotonin reuptake inhibitors, cultural Marxism, feminism, and pornography and drugs – <laughs> That's the superficiality of the citizenry, the celebration of the deviancy and the financial illiteracy and the unserious culture of technological obsession and the devastating level of governmental, academic, media, and corporate corruption are a perfect recipe for the fall of the American empire. And guys, we got to realize something. We stopped raising a little, a little Romans because we stopped raising a little Americans. Rome fell. Rome fell. We can fall. Rome lasted a whole lot longer than we have, and it was a secular society. Basically a horrible society with human sacrifice and gladiatorial combat to the death, and yet it itself could not maintain itself when it stopped raising little Romans. And we've got to go back to Jesus Christ. We need to realize he's the answer for us. He's the author. He's the finisher. He's the perfecter of our faith, that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, that we have to look at God every single day and ask and pray with him. 
I pray for you guys this morning. I ask God to continue to bless you and keep you and allow his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Keep Jesus Christ in the center of your hearts and your minds and your souls. Realize that he is the only answer we have. And if we don't stand firm in this and we don't preach Jesus and repentance and going back and have a huge cultural revolution in reverse and bring back Christianity with a giant, how should I say, revival in the United States, the country is doomed. It really is. I hate to say that, but it is. We've got to do that. We can still do that. But we got to get the pastors on the pulpit to wake up and to realize they've got to talk about the issues. They really do. They've got to stop worrying about church attendance, and they start telling the people in the church the truth. They have to start protecting their flock. I love you guys, and I appreciate you so very, very much. Also, go ahead and finish it up, and we'll talk to you guys tomorrow. That's extremely well said, and you're absolutely right. People have to stop being concerned about, you know, if they're going to be upsetting someone or somebody's going to get offended simply by speaking the truth. And one of the biggest things, you know, that it's, in my opinion, one of the biggest things we can do with our children. And I've told you guys this repeatedly from the research and psychological background in college that I have is that you've got to monitor what your children are being exposed to and what they're watching. The films, the cartoons, the shows, the TV, all of it has gotten extremely polluted now. It's not what it was in the 60s and 70s and 80s with some of the cartoons or even some of the movies. You know, the Swiss Family Robinson. It was a Disney movie, you know, uh, they'd never make anything like that ever again. I'm surprised they haven't actually made a new one, you know, that's completely woke and moronic. This is what they do is indoctrinate the young children. So, again, one of the big, biggest tips, monitor what your children are watching and what they're being taught. And also, too, monitor their screen time in general. You know, children are not designed to be looking at a blue screen for seven, eight, nine, ten hours a day. It's not healthy. They need to be outside. They need to be getting fresh air if they possibly can. They need to be playing. They need to have interactive engagements. They need to have you know, thought processes going through problem solving and building things and having fun and enjoying the aspect of being a child. I need to sit on a screen and watch YouTube and cartoons and all the other manner of filth that's on the internet now because they simply can't behave at dinner for 30 minutes. I can't tell you how many times I've been out at places with my kids and I've had people walk up to me and say, wow, your children are extremely well behaved. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm really impressed. And, you know, it's, it's good to hear that. I'll be honest with you. It makes me feel good. Hey, I'm doing something right <laughs> the best I possibly can. And, you know, then I see some other kids, you know, around restaurants and stuff, and they're just complete and total, just running around, no control, no discipline. And that's what a lot of it comes down to, my friends, is lack of discipline. It's the fact of they don't want to do anything other than what makes them feel good. And that's what this generation is being propped up on is what makes me feel good right now. You know, how many likes can I get? How many social media posts will people, you know, like me and post about me? And how much can I stare at the screen and feel good? There's no discipline. And discipline is one of the key things that has to be ingrained in young children at an early phase. You know, getting up in the morning, making your bed, doing your chores, doing yard work, getting homework done. Those are things that have to be taught and they have to continually be reinforced because children don't want to do a lot of stuff. Obviously, we know that. Everybody's got kids. <laughs> they don't want to do that. They'll just go run around and play and do whatever they want to do if they're not continually taught. And that's what we're watching right now is this generation is continually becoming so undisciplined that they simply can't accomplish much of anything, much less getting the truth out there, much less standing up for a republic and maintaining our constitutional rights. So thank you again, my friends, for encouraging others 
to keep raising little Americans and keep getting the truth out there. We do the best we possibly can on this show to bring you guys updated news and topics on a regular basis. Hope you enjoyed the show today. Uh, our guest was incredible as far as her background and what she's been involved in, and she called it out exactly what's happening. And we all watching it. And I think if the very least people should have gotten a real eyeful during COVID when we saw these unbelievably hardcore communist teachers and board members at the schools pitch fits and continually try to oppress children and tell these young children, you know, five, six years old, you've got to wear a muzzle on their face if they want to come back to school. They've got to stand in single file lines six feet apart. They've got to put shields up around their tables. If any of these teachers or board members even remotely understand childhood psychology, they knew that was an absolute horrific idea from a developmental standpoint for these young children. And I don't believe for one second these individuals who are all educated to an extent in the school system didn't know that was going to happen and didn't know there was going to be side effects from it. And they can play the lie that, oh, well, we we're doing it for COVID for protection. No. Come on, guys. We knew very, very fast, months into it, that the survivability rate and the ability to fight it off, especially among young children, was extremely high. So keep getting the truth out there. Keep standing up for what you believe, my friends, and keep getting your immune system strong. Continue to exercise. If you need anything, be sure to check out the website at healthmasters.com. Product of the week, the magnesium brain food, the one and only formula that everybody loves in capsule form on sale right now. We've had it in powder. We've had it in capsule. The capsule's one product of the week, so be sure to check it out on the website at healthmasters.com. It'll be up there shortly for over 10% off. Thank you, my friends. Have a blessed, safe, awesome night, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow as always. 